When it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I was paying for vacations all wrong. (laughs) I was missing out on miles. I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? I don't know, maybe that fancy hotel upgrade that you have always been dreaming about. Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. You know I'm a big fan of enjoying life while still being smart financially. That's why I love ButcherBox. I can get a variety of high-quality meat, seafood, chicken, and pork at an amazing value, all with exclusive member deals delivered to my door with free shipping always. One thing I just never wanted to cut out of my spending plan is eating good food. And with ButcherBox, I don't have to, and neither do you. Where else can you get free protein for a whole year? Yes, you heard that right. One of my favorite go-to dinners is a salmon bowl. I'm not even a huge salmon lover, but ButcherBox's wild-caught salmon is oh so good. I make a nice little marinade, saute some veggies, cook the salmon, and throw in some weiss. And it is an amazing dinner. If you want to take less trips to the grocery store and always have prepared meat in the freezer for a lot less money, you need ButcherBox in your life. Sign up at butcherbox.com etm and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. You can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com etm. I'm not going to lie. I am definitely suffering a mild case of depression for a lot of reasons right now, but honestly, not being able to travel in 2020 is really bringing me down. As my guest Scott from Scott's Cheap Flight says, there is a science in the happiness of travel. Whether it's planning your trip or discovering someplace new or going somewhere for a solo trip, travel brings a lot of joy into our lives. But is it safe to travel right now? Where can you go? What do you need to know? I'm having Scott break it all down for you in this episode. You're listening to Millennial Money with award-winning money expert and serial entrepreneur, Shauna Compton-Game, where we flip the script on the old school approach to everything your parents never taught you about money. Each week, Shauna creates a safe space by talking with special guests from around the world about money wellness, entrepreneurship, traveling like a boss, and what makes millennials tick. Unique stories, trailblazing perspectives, tips, tricks, and everything there is to know about money. Find it all here as you uncover your money story and unlock the life you want to live. Pretty cool, right? Here's Shauna, money expert, Indiana Hoosier, and burger aficionado. We've all spent more time with family lately. It can feel like old times, but your mind is on the future too, and what you can do to shape it. At Sandy Spring Bank, we work with clients to help them grow and protect their money with wealth management, trust services, and insurance so they can enjoy today and ultimately pass along their wealth. We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about your dreams. Visit sandyspringbank.com wealth. Wealth and insurance products are not FDIC insured, not guaranteed, and may lose value.
So tell me, where do you want to go? If you haven't traveled yet in 2020 like myself, I'm curious, what will your first trip be? I have a, a laundry list of places I want to explore, but mainly I just love to go somewhere quiet with the beach and just escape for a bit. I have to tell you though, when you do decide to travel again, the same money advice still applies that I always give you on episodes. Why would you pay full price for something if you didn't have to? Through credit card points, I've talked about them a lot on this show. They are still one of the best ways to save money traveling and services like Scott's Cheap Flights that helps you find cheap flights. You can travel well, my friend, and still be smart with your cash. In this episode, Scott's sharing all of his secrets to travel well, save money, and explore differently in 2020. Scott, we had you on the podcast a couple of years ago, I think now, when life was a little less complicated. <laughs> just a little uh, bit. Just a little, little. It was actually one of our most uh, popular episodes, so I'm, I'm super excited to have you back. Well, I'm excited to be here. Thank you so much for uh, the return invitation. Yeah, I said before we started taping that I've got a lot of listener questions about travel right now. I think there's a, a lot of, oh, you know, obviously, like people are going stir crazy to some extent. Yes. <laughs> they want to get out. They want to travel. The idea of, of not having a trip in 2020, I think for a lot of people seems very frightening. Uh, I don't know about you, but I have so many friends who are like, oh my God, I can't stay home with my fill in the blank any mm. longer. <laughs> yes. And I think the most popular question that I've gotten is just, is it safe to fly? Is it safe to travel right now? Mm. Man, there's a lot to unpack there. I know. And and and, and um, before I get into the safety of, of travel and the safety of airplanes, uh, I do want to touch on one thing you said there about the importance of having something to look forward to. Yes. Um you know, I'm actually, it's, it's, it's funny, I'm actually in the process of uh, writing and releasing a book. Uh, it's going to be wow. coming out April 2021 called Take More Vacations. And one of the things that I was researching in part of that was sort of the science of happiness and travel and how do people tend to enjoy their experiences. And when you dig into when we, uh, uh, how we enjoy the trips, researchers have broken it down into three separate categories that, you know, your enjoyment before a trip, your enjoyment during a trip, and your enjoyment after a trip. Many of us would th assume and think we get the most happiness during the trip because, I mean, look, that's what we that's what we all want to do. Right, we want to travel. Right. We want to be sipping, you know, cocktails on the beach and climbing mountains and yes. going hiking and camping. And it's all amazing. And it turns out that when you measure people's happiness, the time at which they are most happy in their travel experience is before the trip. It's the anticipation. It's having something to look forward to because you're envisioning all that, that, you know, wonderful campsite you're going to find that cold, delicious cocktail on that warm, sunny beach. And everything is perfect in our imagination of what this trip is going to be. And, you know, it's not going to be flawed at all during the actual travel when we're actually uh, somewhere, you know, Look, things go wrong sometimes. Oh, the you know the the cocktail order got messed up. Oh, it started raining during the you know the camping trip. Oh, you know I don't know. I saw an alligator and I got spooked or something like that. <laughs> like like any any number of things can happen. But having something to a trip to look forward to is incredibly important for people's mental health, especially for travelers who really uh, uh, rely on having that sort of anticipation to make us happier today 
to make us happier now. And Lord knows that's something that a lot of people could use right now. And so, uh, you know, there, there are a number of, uh, um, there is a sort of school of thought that thinks of planning travel right now as, you know, oh, you're just that, what an indulgence or, oh, you're not taking the pandemic seriously if you're thinking about travel in the future. And, 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 I I reject that idea yeah. because I think it's really important for people to to be able to have things that are uplifting their their spirits especially in such a difficult <laughs> time right now and because I think that travel if if done properly and carefully can be safe and that's what I'm going to get into now because the when you dig into the science of uh, uh airplanes and the the science of sort of infectious disease on planes it turns out they are much safer than people had necessarily expected beforehand or that many of really? us uh, had believed and here's why uh before the pandemic many of us were were sort of uh, uh excused to believe that when you get on a plane and you're up at 30,000 feet that the the air cabin that you're in is essentially a, a hermetically sealed environment, right? You know, there's right. no air, there's no fresh air coming in. It's all just kind of the same stale air the entire trip. And so, look, if somebody's sick on that plane, and especially if there's an airborne pandemic happening, like that seems like a really risky <laughs> thing. And that's totally excusable. What's important, though, to know is that uh, none of that is exactly the case that when you are in a plane, it is not a hermetically sealed environment when you're at 30,000 feet. And to the contrary, fresh oxygen is constantly coming in through the plane, which, which when I, you know, learned and, and, and dug in on this made me realize like, oh, duh, like we need to breathe when we're there. It's not like they're <laughs> right. just, you know, oh, yeah, we're, oh, man, I better hope that they're, you know, I'm not taking too much oxygen because we need this oxygen <laughs> to last us all the way to wherever the plane is. That would making. be a scary thought. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So not only is fresh air constantly being uh, uh, sucked in through the, uh, it, it's a complex uh, 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 mechanism, it, it, you know, it's done essentially through these cooling vents that are in the engines, um, but fresh air is being brought in throughout the trip. But in addition, the air that is on board, it's constantly being, you know, every two to three minutes is being cycled through what's called a HEPA filter. This is a uh, high efficiency particulate air filter that they, the types of which they use in hospitals. Mm. And uh, even in the, the kind of coronavirus isolation wards that uh, are constantly, you know, filtering out 99.97% of particles. And uh, so the fact that the, these, HEPA filters are running throughout the flight really does a remarkable job of cleaning the air such that uh, if you go back and look at the number of people who have contracted coronavirus on a flight, it is extremely, extremely low. I mean, there have been tens wow. of millions of people who have been on an airplane who have flown since the pandemic began. And there's essentially one or two cases that researchers have found where multiple people on a flight uh, contracted coronavirus. And even those are, it's still a little bit questionable if it was there or if it was before. If airplanes were as dangerous as many of us had thought they were oh this hermetically sealed environment with you know if somebody coughs 20 rows back then i'm going to get sick and catch coronavirus if that were the case we would have tens of thousands hundreds of thousands millions of people getting sick from the tens of millions of people who have flown on airplanes since the pandemic began and so the fact that that's not happening speaks to the fact of how important these hepa filters are 
and how important it is to wear a mask when you're on the plane. You know, everybody wearing a mask as the airlines have really tightened up their rules on it have led to a much, much safer environment, I think, than a lot of people believe. The, the last thing I'll say, though, is that even though air, airplanes themselves are not nearly as risky as many people believe, it's still the case that vacations should be fun. And if, and for, so for some people that hear that and they say, Oh, great. You know, I feel confident. I feel comfortable. I feel reassured. I'm willing to get on a plane. I would get on a plane tomorrow. Absolutely. But there are a lot of people who'd feel, ah, it still feels risky to me. I'm just not sure. Uh, you know, I'm going to be tense and nervous and just like, uh, uh, uptight the entire time. And because it's a firm belief of mine that vacations should be fun, that you should be enjoying yourself on it. If the idea of being on a plane right now, you know, is something that would make you break out in hives, then I think you should wait. Like, I don't think you should feel forced. I don't think anybody should be, you should feel pressure to do something that feels. You must uh, get on a plane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like vacation should be fun. And if it's not going to be fun, uh, 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 taking that, that, that flight, then it's probably better for you, but probably better to wait. That's such great. I was just going to follow that up with like, okay, if airplanes are so safe, like why are people not traveling? But that, that really makes sense. And, and going back to, what you were saying before about about the happiness of traveling. I mean, I so agree. I love to plan trips. Like to me, it's like almost euphoric researching mm. where I'm going to stay and what we're going to do. And even if it doesn't work out exactly as planned. And I have found myself in sort of a depressed state since, you know, February, I would say, because I have looked around at a couple of places like, oh, maybe we should go for like a weekend getaway or just something to clear our minds. And then there's something inside of me that goes to that place of, but should we be doing this? Should I feel guilty for this? Am I putting us in risk? And I, you know, and it's taking mm. away that like euphoric, that euphoric aspect to it. And I think that's just such a great point. Like you could, you know, you can still have fun planning travel even now, but maybe you just do it a little bit differently or a little safer or I don't know, just maybe it doesn't look the same, but that's okay. Right. Yeah. I mean, one of the things that we've been doing at Scottsdale Flights is sending out many more deals to uh, really kind of outdoorsy destinations to national parks, to more kind of Western rural areas. Because um, look, I'm the same as a lot of folks right now. I had, I, I'm, I'm actually supposed to be in uh, France right now. I'm supposed to be in, in uh, <laughs> oh, uh, tracing around Paris. Nice. And, you know, look, I'm not. But instead, I, I took a great camping trip this past weekend uh, um, outside of Portland, Oregon, where I live. Uh, I'm, I'm, I've got a, tr a kind of road trip plan in, in sort of down in, re uh, um, southern and central Oregon later this summer. Places that I normally, when I have free time, I'm normally jet, you know, going off to Tokyo or going right. to Paris or something like that. And I'm like, this might be an excuse to, be able to do some of that travel that I might have set aside a little bit. Oh, you know, I can always get to Crater Lake because it's go, it's there. And now it's like, well, now's the time. Now's the time to take some, maybe some of those more rural trips, more camping trips, more outdoorsy ones that you might have kind of put to the wayside uh, uh, for more, I don't know, exciting or, or, or more far flung places. But if, especially if some of the more urban places feel, you know, oh, restaurants might be shut down. A lot of the attractions, shows, theaters are not, not happening. Well, maybe, you know, that's a great time then to be using your uh, uh, vacation inclinations towards or some of the more outdoors in rural places that are 
frankly, just as good today as they were, you know, a year ago. I think that is such a good point. I mean, I've been thinking about locations differently. And maybe this is, you're right, like a good excuse to go some of those places that maybe you've always wanted to go, but you felt like, oh, I should go to someplace a little bit fancier or a little bit more exotic or whatever mm. it may be. Uh, and for people who maybe haven't listened to the previous episode, let's just go back a little bit to the beginning. I'd love for you to tell a little bit about your your story of how Scott's Cheap Flights was born and a little bit about like how Scott's Cheap Flights works. In those moments when money is just not moving as fast as your dreams, Earnit provides the financial momentum you need to keep moving forward. Earnit is an app that gives you access to your pay as you work up to $100 per day or up to $750 per pay period. You just download the Earnin app and verify your paycheck. Then you access up to $100 a day as you work and you can leave an optional tip. Any money you access plus tips are automatically repaid from your next paycheck. I honestly would use Earnin in lots of different ways, but what's on my mind recently is I need a night out. I need some good tacos to sip on a few virgin margaritas and celebrate you all helping this podcast earn 26 million downloads. Make Earnin a part of your financial routine and join Earnin's over three and a half million customers who say things like, when I think about Earnin, I think about financial stability and security. Gives me a lot of peace of mind. Download Earnin today, spelled E-A-R-N-I-N in the Google Play or Apple App Store. When you download the Earnin app, type in Talkin' Money under podcast when you sign up. It will really help the show. Talking money under podcast. Earnin is a financial technology company, not a bank, subject to your available earnings daily max, pay period max, and location. See earnin.com slash TOS for details. Bank products are issued by Evolve Bank and Trust, member FDIC. Okay, friend, I want to know, what are your money goals this year? Are you saving to buy a house or maybe a wedding or a dream vacation to somewhere tropical? If that's you, please, please take me with you. Or maybe you want to just grow your emergency fund because, let's be real, life is expensive. I want to make sure you reach your goals, so you need Monarch. That's why the Wall Street Journal named it the best app for growing your savings. Monarch is the top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. You can create custom budgets, track progress towards your financial goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com etm. Here's what I love. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. You can change the layout of your dashboard. You can go between light and dark mode. You can create custom budgets and notifications. You can set up all of these automatic rules for your transactions and notifications and so much more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving their product. Get this, they release updates every two weeks and they even allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. This, my friend, is totally original. Plus, they will never sell your data to third party or show you ads. I think that's really important. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it is the top-rated personal finance app. And now, listeners of this show get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash etm. 
That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash ETM for your extended 30-day free trial. The weather is getting warmer. I'm so excited, and it is time to say goodbye to all those jackets and sweaters and hello to the shorts and t-shirts. I wanted to update my summer workout wardrobe for the long haul without, you know, spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince, and I am in love. Quince is your go-to place from everything from premium European linen dresses, blouses and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part of all, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes those savings on to you. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Okay, I bought the dreamiest pair of workout leggings and a bright pink workout top to match. Honestly, ladies, I gotta tell you, these leggings you need. The price cannot be beat, and I feel like a million bucks wearing this cozy workout friendly outfit. I've worn it for like five days straight. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash etm for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot com slash etm to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash etm. I'm going to be real with you. Identity theft is on the rise, and you do not want to wake up one morning and discover that your bank account has been emptied or you're overdue on credit cards you never even applied for. We talk about this often on the podcast, but you don't realize how much of your information is available to scammers on the internet and how susceptible you and your family are to identity theft and fraud. I know, it's scary, but now you can get your data removed with Delete Me. That's why I personally choose Delete Me. Delete Me is a subscription service that removes your personal information from the largest people search databases on the web and in the process helps prevent potential ID theft, doxing, and phishing scams. I just started using Delete Me, and I got my regular personalized privacy report. (laughs) I was shocked what they found and removed. It was pages of information about me that I did not want online. Here's how it works. You sign up and provide Delete Me with exactly what information you want deleted, and their experts take it from there. I cannot tell you how relieved I felt to have Delete Me. And you know, it's also a great service for your parents or grandparents to help protect them from identity theft. Delete Me is not just a one-time service. Delete Me is always working for you, constantly monitoring and removing the personal information you do not want on the internet. Take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me, now at a special price for my listeners. Today, get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use promo code etm at checkout. The only way you get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and enter code etm at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash etm. Go to joindeleteme.com slash etm and use code etm for 20% off. It's Tuesday, and we have another Ask Shauna. This is one from Ben. Ben says, Hi, Shauna. I'm a fan of the podcast. Thanks for all that you do. I recently accepted a new job, which I start next week. 
my new employer will allow me to join their 401k plan after a year with the company. I'm wondering what I should do with my current 401k. One of my goals for the year is to be debt-free. I'm considering potentially extracting and using some of my existing 401k funds to pay off my credit card debt and student loans. I also have a Roth IRA, so I'm thinking about adding the max amount this year to that account with the funds as well. I know that this will incur taxes, but I'm really wanting to wipe away my debt. I realize the standard option would be to leave the 401k as is until next year, when I could add to it with my new account. Is it okay to consider using some of my 401k to take care of the debt? Ben, thanks so much for being a listener. This is a great question, and I'm going to run off a list of cons for taking money out of your 401k, your IRA, etc. before age 59 and a half. But at the end of the day, there are also a few pros potentially that I want you to think about. So the cons. You'll have a 10% penalty on the funds you take out, plus you're going to pay taxes based off your tax rate. So let's give an easy example. Let's say you make $70,000 a year and you took out $20,000 from your retirement account, you'd be taxed on $90,000 that year, which may not sound that bad, except it could put you in a higher tax bracket and then result in a higher tax bill. So something you definitely want to think about, talk to an accountant or CPA with your specific numbers so you know how that will directly impact you. So while you'll be paying off your debt, which is obviously a pro, and you'll be knocking out whatever that interest rate is, on the flip side, you may have to just plan a little bit for a tax bill. Plus, of course, it also means that you're going to lower your retirement fund balance and any potential growth. So those are the negatives. Now, with that said, this is where it comes down to the, I call it, quote unquote, how I sleep at night factor. If you understand the negatives, but you really, 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 I don't know how many reallys I'm going to have to do here, but let's just say like 50 reallys hate your debt to the point that it keeps you from sleeping soundly. You wake up in the morning like a cold sweat. I hate debt. I hate this. I hate paying it every month. It makes me stressed out. I'm afraid. Whatever those words are for you. Then you have something to consider. And this is where the gray area really comes in because if we look at the cons, if we look at the math around taking money out of your retirement account, it doesn't bode really well. But this whole month, we're talking about the emotional side of money. And I talk about this all the time on the show because I think it's really important and we overlook the emotional side of money. If you go to a financial planner, they're going to look you in the face and probably tell you, don't take money out because it doesn't mathematically make sense. But the emotional side of money says, okay, but we also have to consider at what cost. So just like in your retirement accounts, when you're deciding what to invest in, you're looking at your risk tolerance, like how risky you want to be, how much risk are you willing to take on for a potential return? The same thing can kind of be said in situations like this weighing out the pros and cons. If the con is so negative to you of having this debt that, like I said, it's, it's holding you back, it's keeping you up at night, it's it's making you panic and filled with anxiety, whatever it is for you, if that is so unbearable to you, then it's worth considering maybe the cons are not as bad as they are in your situation. So 
it really is going to come down to thinking about those two different dynamics, how they weigh for you in your situation. I will say before you decide to take money out of your retirement account, I would look at every other option first. And maybe you have, but can you find extra cash in your bank account each month that you can put towards the debt payoff? Are you actually in your numbers every month looking at where your money's being spent? Can you get a low interest loan, maybe from parents or a relative, something where you can pay off that debt, you can still pay back your family or relatives, whoever it may be, but it's a much lower interest rate. Can you refinance your student loans to a lower interest rate? Is that Does that make a difference? Can you get your credit cards on, say, a 0% interest card for 15 months, 18 months, however many months you can get, and then rapidly pay them off? So those are just a couple of alternatives. Maybe you might be able to come in, up with a few more. Maybe that jogged your mind, but Look at all the alternatives first and weigh those out. Are any of those practical or any of those options, do they actually work in your situation? Maybe, maybe not. I I don't know the answer to that. If you do decide to go ahead with this, you'd have to withhold taxes if you took money out of your 401k. So most people don't like to do that. Instead, what most people elect is to do something called a trustee-to-trustee transfer to an IRA. So rolling your 401k money directly into a new IRA that you set up where you can opt not to have taxes withheld and then pay up later. Or if you can put the money back within 60 days, you avoid some of those cons associated with this process. So Ben, there's a lot of things to consider because taking money out of your retirement account does have some hefty downsides, but also don't discount the emotional side. And really spend some time thinking about that, really, because A lot of this process you can't undo once you've done it. So really look at things, write them out on a piece of paper, think about your situation, and then with some confidence, make your decision. So I hope that at least helped you point in the right direction. If you're listening, you haven't asked Shauna, what are you waiting for? Head on over to the link in the show notes or over to our podcast hub at mmoneypodcast.com. Right on the homepage, you'll find the Ask Shauna section fill it out, and I am so excited to answer your question. Yeah, so it was born as a total accident. Um, (laughs) There are a lot of founders and entrepreneurs who uh, come into to the kind of startup world very, very intentionally. You know, they have uh, grand ideas. Oh, I really want to build, you know, this company or that service or, or something. And I was not that person. I instead was somebody who um, was a journalist. I, I, I was a political writer. I, I lived in Washington, D.C. And if you know anything about um, journalism, Especially for <laughs> folks who are early out of college, it is not yeah. very financially compensation. <laughs> uh, it's not very lucrative, it very, very, let's yeah, say. Very nicely, yeah. <laughs> right. And, 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 and so the point of that, though, was that, look, I, want, I was fresh out of college. I really wanted to travel, but I didn't have the money to do it. 
and I and I and I'd been you know sort of inundated with the same sorts of 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 uh, quote unquote wisdom that people say. Oh, you need a lot of money to travel. You you know if you want to if you want to go take a vacation to Europe or to Asia, it's going to cost you know many many thousands of dollars. And at some point, I just started to get fed up, and I was like, well. What if there was another way? What if I don't have to do this? What if I can like, you know, just kind of looking at airfare and seeing it go up and down? And it's like, what if I can figure out how to actually get a good price rather than paying, you know, a thousand dollars for flights to Europe? And so over time, I just started to get very good at figuring out what are the uh, sort of tips and tricks that you can use to make, to make sure you're never overpaying for flights. This then, you know, I, I, over over the years, I started to get better and better, and it all kind of culminated then in 2013 when I got the best deal, still to this day that I've ever gotten in my life, and that was nonstop from New York City to Milan for 130 bucks <laughs> round trip. Uh, the funny, the, the I, I, I still, and to this day, like I cannot believe I got that that flight. Yeah. Uh, but the funny thing about it was that Milan was not somewhere I had planned to go. It was not somewhere that was on my radar. I am not a fashionable guy. Um, I, 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 I like to think I have some qualities. Fat being fashionable is not one of them. Uh, and so, but but even that morning when I woke up, I had no idea that I, you know, a trip to Milan would be in my future. But the thing was, when that hundred thirty dollar flight popped up, and I found it, it's like, oh my god. Like you can't what? not go. Exactly. You have to go. For $130 yes. round trip, there's basically nowhere in the world I wouldn't go. And so I, you know, I ended up having this amazing trip, you know, went uh, hiking in Cinque Terre and, and skiing in the Alps and went to a, a soccer game in AC Milan, uh, uh, you know, went up to Lake Como hunting for, for George Clooney's little lake house and everything. <laughs> it was wonderful. When I got back, you know, all these friends and coworkers kept coming up to me. I guess word had spread and they said, hey, Scott, you know, I heard about that great deal you got. Can you let me know next time you find a deal like that so I can get in on it too? And so rather than trying to remember every single person I needed to to, to tell, I decided, well, why don't I just start a simple little email list. And that way, every time I find a deal, I can just let everybody know at once. Uh, it was the simplest way to kind of solve the, the problem in front of me. I had no idea that in that moment, a business was going to be born, but that's exactly what happened. That's wow. that's in that moment, Scott Street Flights began. It was not a, a business at that time. It was just a, a hobby of, you know, something I like doing for my friends. Uh, and that's what it was for about 18 months. But over that time, you know, friends told friends and it, the list grew and eventually became uh, 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 large enough that, that it was time to start thinking, well, wow, I wonder if there's a business opportunity here. Um, and so I've been doing it for as a business for going on about five years now. Uh, I started launched this business in August 2015. I it, it is one of the weirder things that's ever happened in my life <laughs> to say that I have been a professional cheap flight expert for five years now. But that's I love it. That's the kind of card that that uh, that life has dealt me. And so the way that's still to this day that's the way Scott's cheap flights works. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of an, a, a simple issue. Uh, Cheap flights are popping up all the time, you know, and if you don't happen to be searching in the exact right right place, the right dates at the right time, uh, you would have missed it. You know, yeah. they, they're probably popping up right now while we're recording this podcast. Um, and so rather, I think for most folks, 
the idea of spending 24-7 searching for flights on, you know, kayak or orbits or wherever, uh, it sounds really awful. <laughs> but it also sounds pretty awful to risk missing out on a once-in-a-lifetime deal, you know, missing out on that $130 round-trip flight to Milan. And so uh, rather than having to choose between those two those two uh, 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 bad paths, what Scotty Flights does is we say, look, you sign up, uh, you tell us your home airport, and then we monitor all the deals out of your home airport. And then as soon as a cheap flight pops up out of your home airport, whether it's, you know, a large city like New York or LA or Chicago, or whether, you know, we search tiny airports as well, you know, Missoula, Montana, Cody, Wyoming, Dayton, Ohio, Mobile, Alabama. As soon as they pop up from your home airport, we're going to find it and we're going to let you know about it. We're going to just send you a, a little uh, simple email with all the details of, you know, the, the, the fare, when it's available, how the airline, how long we think it's going to last, some sample searches to get you started. So that way you can grab those deals if you want it. Uh, and you find out about them before they disappear because there's a funny thing with airfare. Uh, I call it the, the, the hotcakes principle. The better the deal, the shorter it tends to last. That $130 flight to Milan, it only lasted a few hours. And if I didn't happen to be searching, you know, right at that moment when that deal popped up, I would have missed it. I would have never known that that existed and I never would have gotten that $130 flight to Milan. And so, you know, again, most folks don't want to be spending all their time searching for flights, but they (laughs) do want to know when those great deals pop up out of their home airport. And so that's what we're here for. So are there still good travel deals now? I mean, I, there's so many places where, and I'd love your input on this too, there's so many places where we can't go and other people can't go. And I mean, mm. it's trying to keep it straight in your head is crazy. But are there still good travel deals right now like that pop up? Absolutely. Um, so a couple a couple thoughts on it. You're, you're, you're 100% right that right now, you know, for, if you wanted to travel today, recording on July 28th, there is a very limited number of countries that uh, have open borders for Americans or that don't require a uh, mandatory like two-week quarantine on arrival. Um, and so that's why the only deals that we're sending on uh, right now for international flights are at least you know three to four months down the line. And okay. the thinking being, look, we know that you can't travel internationally today, but that there is going to be a time in the future where that will be allowed again. And so you want it, you know, being able to take advantage of the cheap fares today for future travel can be pretty advantageous. But also the fact that the airlines are offering flexibility in a way that they never really have before. So automatically, if you make a new booking today, the airlines have said, we will waive any change fees. Whereas, you know, normally it costs two, three, four hundred dollars to change your, your flights. Now they're saying if you book, you know, let's say you book a uh, Thanksgiving flight to Tokyo and come November, you know, it's just either the coronavirus situation is not looking safe or you just decide you don't want to go, uh, you can change your dates without any penalty to do so. That's something that the airlines mm. right, don't like, like usually charge an arm and a leg for, but they're automatically including it even on basic economy. But to wow. your, to, to your question though of, of, of the sorts of, deals that that are popping up there are a lot of folks who are maybe a bit wary of traveling internationally until there is a uh, covid vaccine and i completely understand that and that's one of the reasons why we started to uh search for and send out domestic deals just this uh just in the past month we you know for for 
the uh, almost entire life history of Scottsdale flights. We focused on international flights and flights to really kind of far-flung places to, uh, like Hawaii or Alaska. But we didn't really send domestic 48 states uh, flights because those tended to be cheaper to begin with. And so there wasn't the sort of savings that we yeah. wanted to try to see. You know, the average deal that we send out saves 550 bucks off normal wow. flight prices. And it's hard to save $550 on a domestic <laughs> flight because they're not that expensive to begin with. But what we realized is twofold. One, there are a lot of people uh, who are much more interested in traveling domestically right now than they are internationally. And two, uh, even, you know, we travel domestically more often than we do internationally. And so when we do travel domestically, even if we can't save $550, we still want to get a good price, right? We still want to make sure we're not overpaying. Uh, and so that's why we really kind of shifted our focus and now uh, sending out a ton of, of domestic deals as well. And so, um, you know, some of the, the, I mean, just off the top of my head, some of the great fares that we've seen recently, you know, flights to um, Japan as low as 384 round trip. Wow. Uh, yeah, that, <laughs> I know that, that one was, I, man, and, and not even from the West Coast. We're talking like from Pittsburgh and Philadelphia, <laughs> oddly enough. Wow. Um, yeah, uh, flights to, to, uh, uh, like some of the some of actually my favorite places are are really like I said some of the more rural areas so flights to uh, northern Michigan and like the Upper Peninsula, Traverse City, Mackinac Island as you know for yeah. as low as like one hundred and eighty eighty bucks round trip <laughs> and to be clear too we don't send deals on these sort of uh, budget airlines like like Spirit and Frontier right. all of our deals have to pass what's called a bestie test you know is this a deal that you would want to get for your best friend and so. You know, not only does it have to be cheap, but also has to be one that would be, you know, good, good routing, good airline, ideally nonstop, uh, uh, good, you know, all kind of all those, all those sorts of good destination, all those yeah. sorts of factors. I love this though, because, you know, I always talk to the listeners about smart money moves. And this seems like if you're able to book a flight for Europe or Asia or wherever it may be in the future, and for some reason you can't use it then or you don't feel safe to go and you're allowed to rebook without any penalties, like that seems very smart to me because if I could get a flight to Tokyo for 300 bucks or something like that, even if I know maybe I'm not going to go on that flight, I'm going to rebook. I mean, that just seems like a really smart way to leverage your money. Yeah, it's an it's an it's a it's a great sort of arbitrage opportunity where not only can you have your cake in these in the form of the cheap prices that are available right now, but you can also eat it too in terms of being able to be flexible in case it's not safe to travel come you know come trip time. Um, uh, the 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 I, I you know the fact that that even exists for basic economy bookings is I think really kind of underscores how desperate the airlines are for for people to make yeah. new bookings and why they're offering uh, uh, such kind of really relaxing and making their policies much more generous than they used to be. It is important to note that um, while there's no change fees. You would be responsible for any fare difference for, you know, let's say you paid 400 bucks for this round trip flight to Tokyo and then uh, for Thanksgiving and then, you know, you wanted to switch it to cherry blossom season, but the tickets were $500. You would have to pay that $100 difference. Uh, okay. The good news, though, is that 
cheap flights are still popping up all the time. And there's no reason why you should have to pay any sort of substantial uh, uh, price difference because we're constantly finding these cheap flights. And, and, and for many, many reasons, they're, uh, I expect them to really kind of continue for, for a long time coming. And so with even just a modicum of flexibility and patience should be able to get a new fare, uh, debt that's just about the same as your old one. So you'd have to pay little, if any, fare difference. And what do you think the future is travel? The future of travel is. I mean, I I was talking to a friend who actually flew out of LAX yesterday to Cancun. She got there like three hours early, and there were like at LAX four people in mm. line, which never happens. And I have another friend who is a airline um, stewardess, and she says, you know, we're gonna have furloughs. And I mean, it, it just it's like it feels such. Uh, like the airlines are obviously having a moment right now and recognizing yeah. that people aren't really wanting to travel. Like what, what do you think the rest of the year is going to look like? Yeah, that is a great, great question. And um, until I think we're going to just be kind of muddling through until there's a vaccine. Uh, mm, I think yeah. the airlines sort of recognize that um, it's going to be, there's going to be limited demand for air travel until, uh, until people feel safe and comfortable flying again and that that uh that will happen at the margins uh for the next few months you know with sort of new cleaning protocols with mask requirements uh um all that sorts of stuff but that you won't see a real rebound in terms of the number of people willing to get on flights until you start to see a vaccine and until the vaccine becomes widespread um even then, uh, so the, the, there's good news and bad news with that in terms of my prediction. The the, the bad news is I don't think you're going to see like an instant snapback in terms of the number of travelers. Um, you know, even now, uh, four, five, four or five months into the pandemic, we're still talking about air travel numbers 75% lower than they were <laughs> a year ago. Uh, and so even once there's a vaccine, it's not like we're going to get back to, you know, a hundred percent. It's not like we're going to get back to the exact same numbers that we saw, uh, uh, leading up to this. It's going to be a slow, gradual climb, much less of a V and much more of a Nike swoosh. Uh, <laughs> but the good news of that happening is that I think that really bodes well for the future of cheap flights. Now, here's why the airlines have uh you know they as much as they like to think oh you know we've got all these loyal delta flyers we've got all these loyal united flyers in reality when you look at polling when you look at survey data the vast majority of people tend to make their flight purchase decisions on price that's right. it you know, they, they, they look and they see yeah. which, which, uh, airline is the cheapest. You know, maybe they make a very slight decision. You know, if, if Spirit is $5 cheaper than Delta, maybe they go with Delta. But, but in general, uh, you know, it, it, the price is by far the number one factor. And so the airlines know this. This isn't a, a, a secret. And that's why they have to compete with one another on price. And when they don't have, when there are a limited number of travelers, when they, when it's really more of a, uh, you know, a, a a, a flyers market than the airline market, the way that the airlines have to try to incentivize people to get back on their planes is by cutting fares, is by offering these really right. cheap flights. 
layer on top of that the fact that the uh, price of, of jet fuel, which is the number two expense for airlines, has become far, far cheaper than it used to be. Um, you know, uh, uh, in 2008, the price of a, a barrel of oil was uh, something like 140 something dollars. Uh, at today, it's it's under forty bucks, and recently it actually went negative. In in, in that it's in that they actually had to pay people to take oil off their hands. Oh so look, it's gotten way way cheaper, and that sort of savings gets passed on in the form of lower uh, lower fares, and the fact that we're talking there's a lot of um a, a lot of slack in the capacity that airlines have. Uh, what do I mean by that? They have a lot of planes right now that are sitting in uh, just basically sitting there in the desert in like Arizona and California. And the reason why is there's just not the demand uh, in air travel to, to justify bring them out of storage and flying them. But that when that demand starts to pick back up, rather there are two things that could happen. If there was, if they were already flying all their planes, then you would expect that the uh, the way you compensate by that economically is you raise the prices. But instead, because the airlines have all these airplanes waiting in storage, and if you remember the uh, the seven thirty seven Max, remember that yeah, story. Yeah. That's actually coming back uh, probably later this year, probably by the end of twenty nineteen. So you're gonna have a lot more planes available for the airlines to be able to fly even more. And so that's going to keep fares low, I think, for for quite a long time. Um, so that's my sort of uh, uh, prediction for at least the next uh, 12, 18, 24 months. After that, it starts to become a little bit, you know, depends yes. a little bit on, on sort of consumer behavior with, with vaccines. How much do they get adopted? How effective are they? But uh, my guess would be, Two years from now, things look much more, much closer to normal than, uh, than it being like radically different or radically, you know, radically new sort of policies or, or, or behaviors mm, yeah. from airlines. I like that though. I, I, I can clearly see what you mean. It's not going to just snap back and that you're right. This is ripe for a time for chief flights, certainly for the next year, because that, I mean, just who knows? Who knows when this vaccine's coming out again? Who knows who can get it and when you can get it? I mean, there's so many variables that go into this. And, and there's I also varying levels of comfort among yes. travelers. You know, uh, a 22-year-old uh, uh, just out of college, you know, young, healthy, excited, eager to travel the world without much money. They're going to be one of the first ones on the plane. And, right. you know, they're extremely price sensitive. You know, my my, my parents, who are 75 years old, and uh, uh, you know, in 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 good enough health, but al but also getting up there in age, they're probably a they're probably going to be a little bit more cautious about when they get on a plane. It's going to take it a little while. Where, whereas you know, right before the pandemic, they wouldn't have thought twice about about like this sort of uh, oh, is it is it risky? You know, am I am I putting my health at risk by by traveling by plane and so that's why uh you're going to see much more of this nike swoosh there are going to be a lot of people who uh you know don't adopt the new trend right away even if it's an old even if it's an old behavior like getting on planes they're the these sort of young and intrepid are going to be much quicker to get back but it's going to kind of gradually increase from there rather than it being a really kind of rapid snapback that is so true that is such a good point all right, so we've talked about a lot, but I would love any 
advice that you could leave us with or, or parting words for just how to think about travel for the rest of the year, like how to, you know, get our minds in the right place and maybe how to start planning, like what sort of things should we be thinking about or doing? Mm. Yes, I love this. The, the, um, I will say I'm not the, I wouldn't say I'm the world's best uh, psychologist, but I will say I, I try to do my best at sort of deciphering and translating what the hell is happening with with airfare and how (laughs) to think about it from a from a sort of consumer perspective so one of the questions i get most often is you know why is this flight that i want so expensive and 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 people ask it especially right now when it seems like you know for all these reasons we talked about it seems like flights should be cheap and people there's a couple mistakes that folks are making when they're thinking about uh, you know why is this flight that i'm looking at so expensive first they're making the mistake of assuming that airfare stays static you know we yeah. think of we think of flights uh the same way that we think of say like buying a, a a gallon of milk at the grocery store where the um price that it was yesterday is the price that it is about the price that it is today, which is going to be about what the price is tomorrow. But in reality, airfare is highly, highly volatile. And it doesn't, it doesn't tend to like gradually increase or decrease. It oftentimes just bops way around. You know, the, the example I like to give is, um, flight I saw once, uh, uh, not too long ago from Atlanta to Amsterdam, where, uh, on Monday, it cost 800 bucks round trip to fly from Atlanta to Amsterdam over Thanksgiving. On Tuesday, that flight was 300 bucks round trip. <sighs> and on Wednesday, that flight was 1300 bucks round trip. <laughs> We're talking about the exact same flight. And so if you had just happened to, you know, not start searching until Wednesday and you saw, oh, wow, $1,300, man, that's really expensive. Uh, you know, you not only would you not necessarily realize that the day before it was $300, but it's also remembering that, again, airfare is highly volatile. It is constantly popping around. And so rather than relenting and giving in and saying, oh, okay, I'm just going to bite the bullet and pay $1,300 round trip for this, uh, instead, you know, patience is key. Uh, being being uh, a little bit more sort of uh, uh, rather than being really eager about it, knowing sort of of these uh, Goldilocks windows for when cheap flights are most likely to pop up. What I mean by Goldilocks windows is when you're traveling internationally, cheap flights are most likely to pop up two to eight months in advance of travel. For domestic flights, we're talking one to three months in advance of travel. It's not that every flight is cheap then, but that is, those are mm, the windows yeah. when cheap flights are most likely to pop up. But then, you know, and, 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 and during that time, it's important to just to not overpay and not give in, not like we often crave that sort of certainty, like, oh, I just want to, I want to feel locked in. I want to know, uh, you know, like I've got the ticket in hand because for most of us, that is when a trip starts to feel real. Like that's when it starts right. to feel very tangible when you actually have the, the flights, uh, you know, anything else is just, is just sort of an idea. It's just sort <laughs> of a hope, but actually having the flights makes it a plan. Uh, but, but so what I really, encourage folks to do is 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 make that plan but still sort of have in mind what is a really good fare for this trip and and uh, uh being willing to sort of be patient and hold out for when that will pop up because again if you're trying to get to amsterdam 
you you know the 24-hour difference could mean a thousand dollars difference in what you end up paying so holding out for that really good one especially if you're still within that goldilocks window is one of the best things that you can do to try to make sure you're getting a as good affair as possible head over to scottscheapflights.com to sign up for free and start checking out deals i feel like travel is so important especially right now so i encourage you just do it safely and open your mind up to ways to explore and have adventure even if you don't go very far from your home you. Yes, you. Before you go, we want to say thanks for listening to this episode of Millennial Money. For all the links, tags, and ads you've heard on today's episode, check out the show notes or go to mmoneypodcast.com, where you'll find more episodes to share with your friends. While you're at it, leave us a review and make sure to subscribe wherever you listen so you don't miss out on all the money tips and tricks that will take you from a millennial regular to a millennial money expert. See you back here in a few days with a fresh new episode. Everyone knows that putting money aside in savings is really important. But then what? Should you keep your savings locked in a CD for a higher rate or keep them liquid in a money market? Can your checking account help you save too? Or is it about creating the right combination? We believe real banking is a conversation. Let's talk about the savings options that are right for you. Learn more at sandyspringbank.com. Member FDIC.